Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChampaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to another episode of Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. With you as always, and it's a Monday, and typically this is the Steelers are winning or losing or whatever, recapping the game, but no, we don't have that today. We don't have that today, and it was not a scheduled bye week, but as you know, if you listen to my Friday episode, kind of peeved that the uh, Steelers weren't playing. And so over the course of the weekend, we're all digesting this information. A whole bunch of other COVID nonsense is going on around the NFL And I was speaking with co-editor Dave Schofield on our Slack channel about some of these topics, and we kind of disagreed a good bit. And so I said, this would be a great podcast. I said, why don't we come on and let's talk about, in my opinion, how the NFL has screwed the pooch with this fiasco that they're now, you know, between the Chiefs and the Patriots and the Saints and the Falcons two weeks ago and the Titans. So here we are, Dave Schofield. I bring him on to the show. He's joined me once before on the episode. What's going on, Dave? How are you? Uh, hey, I'm doing all right. It's a Sunday afternoon uh, of football without Steelers that we just had to deal with. And um, I, I, did you just watch everything else or did you do like me and fall asleep because I wasn't really um, caring too much about everything else going on? I didn't fall asleep, but I, I've been busy like a madman this weekend around the house. Typically, the bye week is when I get a lot of stuff done that I've been having to put off because, you know, weekends for. Dave and I that are editing the website, it's a busy time. When the games are going on, your computer's in front of you, you're working. I mean, yeah, you're enjoying the game, but you're doing work. 
So, I mean, I took care of some yard work out back that I've been meaning to do, uh, put up the Halloween decorations today. I was keeping an eye on my FanDuel league. Honestly, with FanDuel, I don't know what I did before FanDuel. I know Dave's in our league, but I know there's regular fantasy, but that's boring. Like regular fan, like I watched games today based on my fantasy team. And so I, Russell Wilson was my quarterback. So I was glued to that game for a while. Um, nonetheless, I'll agree with Eric Ebron. I'll put it this way. Eric Ebron tweeted out on Sunday. I'm so bored. LOL. And I'm like, that's, <laughs> that's about right. That sounds about right. But let's get to the topic at hand, Dave. And that is the NFL, the protocol that they have set and what is going on with all this stuff. So we're going to do this. And this is going to be a part of a point counterpoint article. That's going to run Monday. So if you listen to this early Monday morning, you might not, the article might not be on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com yet, but it will be. So make sure you go to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com to see what this discussion and debate is like in the written word. But nonetheless, let's take a look at five topics that are all related to the NFL, all related to this COVID-19 crisis. And I would say crisis because there's a lot of concerns with what the NFL is doing, how they're moving forward with things and not moving forward with others. We're going to go point, counterpoint. We might, we might agree on some. We might disagree on others. Dave, you ready? Oh, I'm ready. All right, topic number one. The NFL's lack of a plan for positive test results has been a huge black eye on the league and their protocol. So, Dave, do you agree with that statement or do you disagree with that statement? I disagree with that statement. Okay, go ahead and explain yourself. Because there's a word missing. Oh, what's that? And the word, no, and the word that's missing, which makes it different, is there's not a public plan. Okay. People just think because the NFL isn't getting, isn't saying what the plan is, that there's no plan. The, to me, you don't have to make your plan public. And the reason that you don't, this has a lot to do with, if you did not read it, on Sundays, on Sunday with Behind the Steel Curtain, I did a letter from the editor with several different things that were kind of bothering me that I needed to get off my chest so I could move on and start focusing on the Steelers going forward. And in there, I talked about how, and I mentioned this on the, on the preview, how what, one of my little side jobs that I do is I, is I schedule softball leagues and softball tournaments. And there's times, you know, I look right now at what's going on with the NFL, kind of like how you, do, how you would look at a rainout in the MLB or how you would look or in softball. And I know you're like, that's not the same thing. It's definitely not the same thing because it's hard to make these things up in the NFL. You don't cancel games. But when, when these things happen, it, just because people don't let you know what the plan is ahead of time doesn't mean they don't have one. And the reason that you don't is because there's all these what-if situations. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? What if this happens? Well, what if that happens? If the NFL announces their plan, all that's going to happen is people are going to come up with different what-ifs. And there might be multiple plans depending on which what-ifs there are. So no matter what they would bring out, someone's always going to try to tear a hole in it. Well, what if this? Well, what if this? You're much better off waiting until the situation actually happens having a plan that you have in mind that you then implement and then you tell everyone what it is rather than open yourself up to the scrutiny ahead of time. Okay. You make some very valid points there. There's some really good points. I disagree with you though. <laughs> I think that this is the NFL's lack of a plan. There's so much about what even happened just with Tennessee and Pittsburgh that makes me wonder if they do have a plan. And that's, that's the thing. If it was something, if they would have come out and said, you know, first they said it's postponed. 
going to be there Monday or Tuesday. I get it. I totally get it. I think that's the right thing to do. That's part of your plan. I like that. And then all of a sudden, the positive tests keep coming out of Tennessee. And then you're thinking, okay, so what's the plan now? The game gets postponed to a later date. This is where I'm saying they have no idea. They, they didn't, I don't think they knew what they were doing. They got so lucky that this week seven, week eight thing with Baltimore just fell right into their lap. If it wasn't like if, – if, if just think about it. If you had a situation where it was a week, I don't know, 12 or 11 by, and then you had a week six by, you would have had to mess with so many schedules. And I guess my thinking is – if they knew what they were going to do all along and it was part of their plan, I don't understand why it took so long for them to make the announcement of when the Steelers were going to be playing the Titans. That makes me think they didn't have a plan. And maybe they are saying, look, if this happens, we're just going to fly by the seat of our pants. But then I say, you're a billion dollar organization, a billion dollar industry. How do you not have some semblance of a, well, you know what? Maybe we could create a week 18. I actually think this was something that I can't take credit for. But someone said on Twitter the other day that, and I wish I knew who it was, so I could give them credit because I really liked it. They, they basically said in a synopsis, I'm shocked the NFL didn't plan in weeks throughout the season. So you extend the season a little bit. You maybe give every team two bye weeks just for 2020 so that if you have a situation, you can then plug games into those weeks. That's what I, I guess that's a plan that I would have been totally on board with. I guarantee the players would have been on board with it based on the fact that they would have been given more time off. And I'll give you another, my cousin sent me a text today and said, man, this is crappy. The Steelers aren't playing. I'm like, trust me. I know it's boring. I'm kind of bored out of my mind. And he, I said, he said, I can't believe they're going to play 13 games in a row. There might be another week where they don't play. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, I mean, there's a chance that they'll have another week off, but I guess for me, maybe even going all the way back to the initial stages of preparing for 2020, dealing with the COVID-19, knowing what Major League Baseball already went through, not thinking you're going to go 17 weeks without any hiccups, I feel like is kind of foolish. And so that's why I do think it's been a blackout. Well, but at the same time, we've already had the reports coming out that for Tampa, they have everything set and trying to keep the hotels and everything booked for what, two or three more weeks after when the Super Bowl is scheduled to play there. So that tells me they do have a plan. But why would you build in a bye, let's say, in week 13, just so you could push all these other games to and then play the other ones at the end? What happens if you reach thir week 13 and you didn't have any other games to play? Then there's no NFL going on at all. At all. That's why I think, hey, you've got the extra room to add stuff at the end of the season, but don't add games to the end of the season until you have to. This was an easy fix, and the reason that it took a, a, you know, more than a day for them to come out and announce it is you're moving other NFL games, even if it's just one. They had to make sure all the venues were good. They, had to, you know, they basically had to run all this past the Ravens and make sure that M&T Bank Stadium is available and everything going on there. That's a lot of working parts that you still had to make sure you had all nailed down before you could make your announcement. Well, okay, so you, you brought up a good point. It, they do have Tampa booked for however long, but here's the thing. If your plan was is that we can stretch out the regular season as long as we want by adding extra weeks or an extra week or two to get games in, then why don't you just say that? Like, that's what I don't understand. You can just say, hey, we have, a, we have possibility of adding weeks at the end of the season, and that's something that we will definitely take a look at. We're going to take a look at the games that are going to be postponed, games that might be moved. You know, you might have a situation where you get lucky like Pittsburgh and Tennessee. 
But if you don't, you say to the you say to the general public to take some heat off of you and to make people realize that you know what, th- this is sustainable. It's sustainable because if something happens, they have this leeway. That's where I don't get why they just don't say something. I understand that you don't have to make it public, and you bring up a ton of points that it could open them up for more scrutiny. I get it, but at the same time, I think if I'm looking at someone, if I'm looking at a billion dollar industry, and I'm in charge of it, and I'm trying to make sure that all the people that are giving us money, that's advertisers, that they all know this is going to happen. Even if things go a little bit south and we have a bunch of bumps in the road and hurdles to go over, even if that's the case, they have a plan in place and they, I, I'm comfortable with it. I would, have, I would have said that. But you and I disagree, and I think we both make valid arguments. We'll leave that one there. Let's go to the next topic. The measures taken, or lack thereof, meaning you look at what they've done, the protocols that are set, has doomed the season from the start. There's a lot of people out there that are doom and gloom, I think this is the beginning of the end. The apocalypse for the NFL has already begun. You agree or disagree, Dave? I, I disagree with that one as well because, you know, this is week – you're looking at it. This is week four. There hasn't been any other buys until right now. There wasn't going to be any buys. You're a quarter of the way through the season, and the only game that isn't being played is one. One game. There was a – you know, and that's assuming – that tonight's game against the, uh, the, the Patriots and Chiefs, that there's no other tests that could, could come back because so far they didn't have any. They set the, the time for Monday. I mean, that, could, that is still a possibility, but as of right now, it is scheduled and ready to go. If you're talking only one game in a quarter of the season, that's still pretty good. And if you're talking about just having to fix that much and, and that one game in a quarter of the season – and that, and we still get to have football. Sign me up all day. I mean, th- this isn't this isn't evidence for those people that say it's never going to work. That oh, see, they had to move a game. It's never going to work. No, that's not the case. It's actually been much better than a lot of us thought it was going to be in the first place. I know I just ripped the NFL on the last topic, but I agree with you. I th- I do not think I am not a doom and gloomer when it comes to this. I think the protocols that they have in place are good. I think the protocols they have deciphering between an asymptomatic and a symptomatic person that tests positive is good. There's only one part of the protocol that I wish they would adopt. And I guess they have those, I think they call it point of contact test, which only takes about 15 minutes until you can tell if someone's positive or negative. Why are they not just using those for every test? Because they give a lot more false positives than the other one does. But you can also – okay, that's true. But you can also cross-reference these. You, you know, I mean, yeah. like, for well, instance, the New Orleans Saints fullback that tested positive, and then they did another test wisely, did another test, came back negative, false positive, go play. I, I understand well, all that. Good. And, well, here's the thing. Do you want to take a quick test for everybody and then all the false positives, they have to then wait a day to make sure they get confirmed that they're not false? Or would you rather wait a day for the – for the initial ones, and then you only have to wait 15 minutes to make sure it's not a false positive. Well, I, yeah, either way, I just think they should utilize, they could utilize the rapid test a little bit better, but I think for and, me... And they are right now with these situations going on, so they're it's, finding it's evolving. Out, they're finding out, by the way, I, I would not be shocked if this week you find out the Tennessee Titans in some way, shape, or form did not follow protocol. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised either, but... They haven't come out and said it, but if you read between the tea, read through between the tea leaves there when you look at Albert Breer, the Monday morning quarterback, Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, 
all these people, they're saying that when the NFL and the NFLPA went to Nashville, they're not coming back saying they did everything right. They're saying that there were some issues. Don't be shocked. The protocols, I feel like if, the, if a team follows the protocols to a T, and I know for just watching, if you go back to the beginning of training camp, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Missy Matthews was the host, if you want to call it, for a YouTube series called, I think it was called The Standard. And they really diagrammed everything, like kind of here's a day in the life of Chase Claypool going in. I mean, it was so rigorous from a protocol standpoint. Everything the Steelers did from the contact tracers to the testing, all that stuff. I don't think that it's the measures taken. It's whether the team will implement them properly or not. And that's why on Monday, later on today, they're going to have a little come to Jesus meeting with all these coaches and GMs. The NFL is going to have them sit down and say, look, if you all want to have a season, if you want to have a Super Bowl, if you want to get paid, you all need to do a better job. So we'll see. We both agree I, on that. I, I, I think they kind of took it for granted. I think there were some teams that took it for granted that everything was going so well. And, oh, maybe this, this should be a wake-up call to everyone that you have to stay on top of this the whole season in order for, in order for you to have a season. I can't stand Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk. He is like the ultimate doom and gloomer when it mm -hmm. comes to Twitter and stuff. And the articles he writes and the narratives he takes are just so negative. It drives me nuts. But he wrote the other day, he said that people that thought that they were going to go 16 weeks or 17 weeks without any hiccups, it's kind of like an average golfer playing a professional course and somehow getting lucky and parring the first three holes, you know the triple bogey's coming. It's just a matter of time. That's a really good you analogy. You just like that analogy because it's golf. <laughs> All right, you wish it was from somebody else is your problem. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no, I know. So, okay. Topic number three before we take our first break. The week four fiasco. And that's, this is now not just Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Like I said, it was the New Orleans Saints who actually won their game against Detroit, even though they complained about all of the stuff that got thrown out of whack. It was uh, the Kansas City Chiefs and Cam Newton of the New England Patriots being the only positive test for the Patriots. And he's not going to play on Monday when they Monday night when they have their game. It was also – I'm trying to think, who am I missing? There's another team. It was Kansas City had a practice squad player. Okay. So and, but no one else – the same yeah, game. No one else. But you think about it too, this also bled into Minnesota. The yeah. Vikings had to deal with some of this stuff, even though that they had no positives, but they had to close their facility. Like that impacts the team nonetheless. So the week four fiasco, you know, is it the beginning of the end for the 2020 season? We kind of touched on this before, but do you see more weeks like week four or do you seriously see this as just a bump on the road, Dave? I'll tell you what, there for a while, it looked like this was the beginning of the end when all of a sudden, you know, with, I mean, Tennessee's continuing to get these positive tests. Then all of a sudden, you've got a whole other game um, with two different, two different people from opposite teams, and you're dealing with another game. I'm like, uh-oh, this is where it starts. But so far, so good with, in, with New England and Kansas City. So I don't think it is the beginning of the end. I think it's, like I said before, this is the reminder this is the check. This is the, this is why we do all these things. I know they're an inconvenience, but if you really want to have an NFL season, this is what has to happen. So I don't think it's the beginning of the end. It could be, you know, that is not beyond the realm of possibility, but I, I don't think it has to be at this point. Let's be honest. I, when I was 
you know, obviously that you, myself, everyone else behind the steel curtain are following the news from the Titans. And I still can't, I mean, they're still having positive tests as yeah. of Sunday. Uh, it's, it's, if you're going to call it within a football organization an outbreak, this is a full on outbreak. Um, but it was when Cam Newton tested positive. I was like, Oh my gosh, are you yeah. this is the first big name player that has tested positive. And this is the one thing that everyone wondered. What's going to happen when a quarterback, starting quarterback, starting quarterback, former MVP of the league, Super Bowl, he was in a Super Bowl. My gosh, like, what are you going to do? Well, I mean, obviously they're going to have to press on. I mean, it's going to be the next man up for the New England Patriots. But that was the beginning. Where I, I remember I was outside working, and all of a sudden I, I look at my watch because I get a notification and it says Cam Newton test positive isn't going to play. Like, oh man, this is bad. And so it just was kind of all it's all seemed to pile on at the same time. I do believe that if the Tennessee Titans situation becomes the norm, because let's be honest, every time they have someone come back positive is another day that they're locked out of their facility. And to compare it to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has no positives as of right now. And they've been, if they wanted to have meetings in their facility practices, they practiced all last week. Tennessee is now putting their game in week five against Buffalo in jeopardy. And that's, that's reality. If that happens more often than not, then the NFL season might be in jeopardy. You're going to have these positives here or there. People forget just last week, heading into week three, an Atlanta Falcons player tested positive. And it really didn't even make news. <laughs> no one even no. talked about it because no one else tested positive. And next thing you know, it was business as usual for the Atlanta Falcons. They went on and played. They lost, but still they went on and played their game. And they've had no ill effects of that. There hasn't been the outbreak from Tennessee. So I do expect – there's one or two players, and you just hope and pray that it's not the Cam Newton of your team. It would be like the equivalent of Ben Roethlisberger for the Steelers testing positive, and he's going to have to miss a week. And you're thinking to yourself, holy cow, the Patriots are playing the Chiefs. It's a very important game. It would be like if the if Ben Roethlisberger tests positive before Ravens. Mm, Ravens. Yeah, you're like, oh, really? Out of all the weeks this week? So, okay, we both agree. That we We're agreeing too much. we got to change this up. Yeah, but we will. We will in the second half. And that's right. Stick around. We'll be right back. We have two more topics to cover and for the to finish out this Monday episode of this weird week four bye week. Stick around. We'll be right back. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Steelers fans, welcome back to the second part of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, behind the SteelCurtain.com co-editor and the other co-editor, Dave Schofield, joining me. We've been going through these topics of is the NFL screwing the pooch, as what I like to call it, with this NFL protocol and the COVID-19 stuff. Let's go to our third time, sorry, fourth topic. Should there be a set number of players testing positive to postpone a game is the next topic. This is one I think we're going to disagree on. Dave, I'll let you go first. Okay. No, it's not about the number of players. It's all about when and a progression. Exactly what was happening with Tennessee. Did it matter if it was, you know, one player and two coaches or three, three coaches and one, you know, uh, or what if it was t- just 10 players? If there was 10 players that, that test positive on Tuesday and they're like, uh-oh, we're shutting down the facility, and then nothing, and then nothing, and then nothing, guess what? They're playing the game, and they're going to have to call up people for those 10 players. That's just how, that's how it's going to be. I don't think there's a set. I mean, unless you lose – I mean, I guess there could be a really large number that I don't, don't even think that Tennessee's reached yet. But if they reach that many players, then maybe you can't even have – I mean, this is why we have um, expanded practice squads and things like that, that you just have to bring people in and the, and the game must go on. You're not dealing with an outbreak anymore. It's already passed. It's, to me, it's all about the numbers. Like I said, I'm a numbers guy. But it's not about the number of players. It's about the number of days in a row where you're returning positive tests. That, to me, is the key as, as to whether or not you can play the game or not. I disagree. I think that there is a number, but I think it also should be tied to a date. Meaning, I think that if you still have any positive cases, even if you have one or two by Thursday, you're going to have to, like, that's when the cutoff date is. Okay, you have a positive test on Thursday, then we're not going to play that game this weekend. We're not pushing it back to Monday or Tuesday. I guess that's an option. And I'm not saying that Thursday has to be the day. That was just an example. I just feel like between the day, having a deadline. And again, I have always felt that, and we clearly disagree if you listen to the very first topic, you're saying like keep things more in-house, less black and white, a little bit more gray, flexibility. I'm the opposite. I think black and white, this day, this number of tests, boom, we know exactly what to expect as a fan base and as anyone TV deals, you name it, they know, okay, the Pittsburgh Steelers have two positive cases. It's Thursday. They're not going to wait around. They're shutting the game down. They're going to have everyone out. And then hopefully things recover in the appropriate fashion, meaning no one else tests positive. Then they quarantine those players that were positive. You know, the protocol, just like I know the protocol, I, I guess I, I understand what you're saying. And I definitely see your side of the fence. But to me, that there has to come a point where you say, it's just too late. It's just too late. We've got – think about the New, the New England Patriots were getting ready to board their plane, if I read that correctly. And suddenly, someone tests positive. They don't get on the plane. Now they're talking about when are they going to travel. There's so many different variables in this equation. I think that you have to have some type of black and white policy of – if you have a positive test and it's after this day of the week, we are not going to play a game. We're not going to risk it. I know that the viral load, we talked about that on the Steelers preview, is not great between two players that are playing against one another. The biggest risk are airplanes, you know, being in the locker rooms next to each other all the time where they're going to be close to each other. With that said, I just think that the NFL would be better off being a little bit more open about their protocols, open about their policies, open about the, de- the decisions that they're making, and just 
making things more transparent. Let the fans in to know what you're thinking, why you're thinking that way, and they will be more understanding. And I think that'll make for a better product, Dave. I, that's just me, though. Well, I mean, to me, it's, it's too involved to, to say it's one set number. It's kind of like the coach's chart of when do you go for a two-point conversion. Okay. Are you, you, you've got to look at this much time left and this exact score, you know, you could be down this number, but if there's more than this much time left, you don't, but if there's less than that much time left, you do. There's, there's so many moving parts to it. It's really hard to put out one great big overwhelming governing policy. That's why to me, it's more about the progression of everything and not a, Oh, you hope you reached uh, five players that tested positive your games off. You know, that to, to me, it's, it's, it's not as cut and dry as that. Yeah, no, it, it, this is why for me, it, the, early, the early portions of the week against Tennessee when Pittsburgh was preparing to play them, I kept on saying, like, what is the use of having the expanded practice squad roster if you're never going to use it? And I had the same complaint about baseball when baseball was shutting down games because of one positive test. You know, like, oh, my gosh, you have a taxi squad in baseball, and now you have an increased practice squad. You have veterans on the practice squad. You're protecting certain players at certain positions. Why are they not using it? Now, Tennessee's case, you get it. More and more positives keep coming out. And you're like, okay, they've got bigger issues now. But in terms of that one or two players, that's what you have that, that protocol in place for. And that's why I don't know why they're not using it. Nonetheless, here we are. Let's go to our last topic here to end out the show, finish out the show strong. Where does the ultimate responsibility for safety precautions lie? Is it with the NFL? Or is it with the individual team? Dave, go ahead. It's absolutely, really is ultimately comes down to the individual teams because the NFL can lay out the protocols and do everything that they want to, but what are the teams doing behind closed doors? What is the culture they are creating with each team within that organization? Are you creating a always be cognizant of the safety issues mindset within your team and your organization, which I feel we got that feeling definitely from the Pittsburgh Steelers early on in training camp, that they are all about following all the safety to a T or are you one of these teams that I don't want to accuse them yet. Although the evidence is starting to lean that way that with the Tennessee Titans, they're just like, uh, you know what, how much does this really help? You know, we don't really need to do that. Let's, you know, we'll, we're in a closed meeting. If you guys don't feel like wearing your mask, you know, and this isn't about whether or not you should or shouldn't be, be doing these individuals, but this is, this is even if the NFL comes up with these protocols, unless the teams are making a, a, an actual effort in creating that culture in their locker room and in their offices with their personnel, then it's not going to matter. So it doesn't, I mean, the NFL can find them and threaten to do all these other things, that doesn't matter if teams don't step up and take responsibility. I'm going to kind of walk the fence here and say <laughs> both are at fault, but I still think that uh, you, you can definitely throw a lot of pressure on teams, but if the protocols themselves suck, then it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? So if the NFL yeah. puts together a protocol that is sound, reasonable, and justifiably intrusive you know, for obvious reasons. Again, billion-dollar organization here, people. This is worth a lot of money. And anyone that thinks that health is the driving force behind this NFL stuff, wake up. It's not. They honestly don't care. They don't care about concussions. They care about their image. They care about making money. 
And that's what this is all about. It's about can they get 17 weeks in? And that's what we're talking about. But in, for, for me, the NFL protocol on paper, when it comes to how the players have to, what they're trying to do, I think is a good protocol. Okay. But when the ultimate responsibility, if that protocol was not good, if it was had gaping holes in it, then I think that you would have issues like, holy cow, like it doesn't matter what the teams do. The protocol that's set forth is not good. And so for me, I think that this is all ultimately on the NFL to set that bar and to set a protocol that is scientifically as sound as possible when it comes to a respiratory virus that's, we all know the facts about COVID-19 at this point in our lives. So if if they don't put a good protocol out there, then the, the NFL teams could be putting every ounce of their energy into following those protocols and still fail. So I think that the ultimate responsibility comes down to the NFL for putting forth a good protocol. And then the NFL teams have to do their job in policing it as well as following those guidelines. And with that said, I think that the NFL protocol is reasonable and sound. Again, from what I've read, and before the season started, the NFLPA put out all this for you to read. I, I probably understand that 99% of fans did not read it. I did. I was very curious. And, you know, Major League Baseball did not differentiate between symptomatic and asymptomatic carriers. They said, nope, you have it, you have it, and you're done for this amount of days, and you got to do this, that, and the other. NFL didn't do that. They said if you're asymptomatic, meaning you don't have a fever, you're not light, you don't, you're not, you know, you don't have a fever, you're not showing symptoms of of uh, sneezing and coughing and all that stuff, but you test positive, then you have to. I think it's 48 hours. You have to stay away. It might be 72. Might be wrong about that, but it's like three days. You have to stay away, and then two negative tests, and you're back in. Whereas if you're symptomatic, I think you're out for at least 10 days, and then you have mm-hmm. to test negative twice before you come back. I thought the protocol, and you look at the contact tracers that the players have on them, the coaches have on them, uh, you look at masks on the sidelines, I think they might be going a little bit far with every single player having to wear gloves except for a quarterback with a gloved hand. That might be a little bit much for me. I think right now they're trying to do some uh, a little extra to try to save face. Okay, this doesn't look good for the NFL when you have games being postponed and you have – you know, another game is moved to another date. It doesn't look good. And so they're like, well, we have to do something like do something. It kind of reminds you of the scene in Spaceballs where they're just yelling at each other and Lord helmet and all the other people. They're just like looking back at each other, like, but do something like, that's what it looks like. Goodell's like, we got to do something. Well, what do you want to do? I don't know. Do anything, do something. How about we all wear gloves? Yes. Everyone has to wear gloves. What about a quarterback? Well, that's the only exception. The guy that's touching the ball every single play. But so I think that maybe they went a little too far with that. But ultimately, I think that it's the NFL's job to put in a good protocol. And then from there, like you said, the, the, the players have to follow it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Remember, this has not crossed the line of scrimmage yet. I saw that line. Someone put it out there. I wish I could remember and give them credit. Is that either on the college pro level that there's been nothing to wear the virus has crossed the line of scrimmage. It has not moved from one team to another because of a game. So they're doing something. So that's the big question is, has the, are the NFL protocols enough that when teams follow them, it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep them safe and minimize this as much as they can? Well, if, if we one through three shows you anything, yes. I mean, yeah. the, the Tennessee Titans are the, only, are the only team, still the only team with an outbreak. 
if, if they, if they go in and I wouldn't be shocked, the NFL is going to want to make a point. <laughs> so I yeah. feel bad for Tennessee. They're going to get, they're going to get something slapped on them. Like a now, this is where the NFL was responsible. I, in yeah. my opinion, you've got to come down hard on a team. If they did, if they didn't do things right, you have to, you know, and if they don't, but once again, Tennessee needs to, they need to have that evidence that Tennessee did something um, that they shouldn't, you know, not that they did something wrong or they didn't do what they should have been doing. Yeah. And I know a lot of fans immediately say, well, if they came down, if the Tennessee Titans didn't do something correctly, they should have to forfeit. No. I'm not one of those people, you know, because I don't think the Steelers would want the gimme win. I think they would want to beat them straight up. I know that's what you said on the preview. You still believe that right there, Dave? Oh yeah. That was in my letter from the editor on, on the website on Sunday that, yeah. that, I mean, if you really want an asterisk on the season, that, I mean, I don't think Steeler fans would look at it that way, but how many people would say, oh, well, the Steelers only got this seed in the playoffs, whether, whether it be the one or the seven, because they got that win. You know, why? Because the Steelers are more than capable of beating the Tennessee Titans. It's not guaranteed they beat the Titans. It's not. That would be yeah. a great game. But it's not like they can't beat the Titans. You know, it, it's not like it's the um, the it's not like it's the Giants going up against the 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 chiefs you yeah. know one of those that it would have been like it would have been absolutely crazy if they would have actually beat them let the Steelers win it on the field yeah so there you have it folks we took this time off the bye week to rail about the NFL and to talk about the that, that's what everyone's talking about yeah there's a lot of games and we're going to be make sure you check out our post game podcast if you want to call it that it's going to be us kind of talking about games and what happened on Sunday so if you're like Jeff why aren't you talking about who won and lost we're doing that on the other podcast so myself Brian Anthony Davis and Dave will be over there. Check out that podcast if you haven't yet. I'll be back on Wednesday for another episode of Let's Ride as we really turn the page now and get ready for the Philadelphia Eagles in week five at Heinz Field. In the meantime, folks, you know how we always end it. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Take it easy. Let's do it. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.